Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Welcome to the install with Greg Cosell of NFL Films. We are officially into the draft prep time of year. Greg has been grinding the tape. It doesn't stop from regular season to postseason and now getting into the college players. But you've been watching college guys casually, Greg, for some time, yeah? Yeah, but now I'm I'm now I'm de- I'm deep into it. I'm 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 in the deep freeze, Buck. You know, I'm uh and the way I do it, you know, it's just I have to feel good about the way I do it. So I watch a lot of games, a lot of plays. You know, I, I don't watch, you know, 40 or 50 plays. I watch a lot and it takes time. I mean, I love it, but it takes time. Certainly. And uh, Greg is a one man scouting service. So we're appreciative of the time that he puts in. And with the combine right around the corner of which both Greg and I and, and the rest of the NFL world is going to be at next week in Indianapolis, uh, we'll start to get a better picture of where these guys might land. Greg, uh, I think uh, wide receivers is going to be an interesting discussion throughout the course of this draft. A lot of teams needing skill position help. Certainly the Tennessee Titans here locally uh, need to add some some youth, some speed, um, some competency around DeAndre Hopkins because right now everything else in that group is a question mark. Traylon Burks and Cal Phillips um, we're still uncertain and DeAndre yep. Hopkins at 32 with only one deal or one year left on his deal. Uh, they need to add some top end talent and quickly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's just a shame that Traylon Burks has fought injuries throughout his first two years. And again, I'm not suggesting that if he didn't, he'd be a superstar, but you'd like to see what he could do. If he could practice regularly, if he could play regularly, um, Hopefully that happens this year and he gets an opportunity to work with Will Levis, you know, beginning when they start the OTAs and the mini camps and all that, and they can develop some kind of rapport uh, because you are dealing with a big kid who can move. And, uh, you know, going back to when he came out, 6'3", 216, you know, very, very impressive player coming out of the SEC. Um, I liked the pick when they made it. Uh, obviously, up to this point in time, you know, I'm not I'm not one who uses the word bust, and I don't think that's fair at this point, given the injuries, but he was a mid-middle first-round pick, and at some point, you do need to see production. Yeah, there, there's a certain level of expectation, and he has yet to achieve it. Yeah. Uh, so, and with a new coaching staff and a general manager that didn't draft him, that level of urgency has never been greater. That's a great point. Everything changes when you get a new general manager and a new coach. Everybody starts from scratch. The fact that he was a first round pick doesn't mean anything, um, you know, other than from a cap standpoint. But as far as a play on the field standpoint, it doesn't really mean anything to Brian Callahan. So we'll see how they manage the the existing components of the roster at a later date. But uh, since you've been watching wide receivers here in the last couple of weeks, Greg, obviously uh, the place to start with the wide receiver position in this draft class is Marvin Harrison Jr., um, coming out of Ohio State this year as a junior, 67 catches, 1,200, just north of 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns on the year. Uh, there is no question, uh, at least from from the untrained eye, that he's the best wide receiver prospect in this class. What's your evaluation of the player? Yeah, I, I believe he is. Um, I believe he's one of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen in a long time. 
I mean, he has an elite traits profile, no discernible weaknesses in his game. But not generational, not generational. I will not be using that word, no. <laughs> um, um, you know, people will start to nitpick his game. And again, he has not played in the NFL, so he's still a prospect. And that's why I said he's one of the best prospects. Um, could he get to the league and struggle with, you know, something? Sure he could. You know, that's he hasn't played in the league. That's the highest level of football. But you're dealing with a guy that has great size, He's got high-level athleticism and movement. Um, he knows how to run routes. I'm sure much of that comes from an early age with his dad, Marvin Harrison, um, who's a Hall of Famer. Um, I think the quickness he showed at the top of his route stem for his size and his overall length um, to force corners to move off their spot or get their body turned, I mean, he dictated the creation of space on his routes. And that's what you want to do as a receiver. You want to dictate the creation of space so you can separate cleanly. Um, and you could see uh, on, on the vertical routes, he had a sudden explosive burst, burst that allowed him to run by and get on top of corners. I mean, he is, there's not really, like I said, I mean, I don't really have a weakness in his game. He's he's smooth. He's subtly sudden. You know, when you're 6'3", sudden is a relative word, um, but he's subtly sudden. Um, it seems deceptive because he's he's so long, um, got great hands, catches everything. Um, he's a wide receiver one. I mean, he's not only is he the number one wide receiver for me in this draft class, but I think he steps in and is a wide receiver one for whatever team drafts him. I, deployment is something that we can't, you know, we can't know because we obviously don't know what team he's going to end up right. with. But the way that they used him at Ohio State, is there anything that stands out in particular about how he might fit best at the next level? Or is this a wide receiver one, as you said, right out the gate? Um, I think he's wide receiver one. I mean, he did line up in the slot at times. Um, he's certainly a location versatile within a formation. Uh, he likely transitions best as, as what we call the boundary X, the single receiver to the short side of the field. Um, he's He's got everything to win. Those receivers tend to face a lot of man coverage, even in zone concepts, especially when there's three receivers to the other side. You know, we, we say the boundary X on the backside of trips. So they very often get just man coverage. Um, he can beat man coverage. Um, so, you know, he's... Like I said, I mean, I really do not have a discernible weakness where I say, oh, that's something he must work on or, or it's going to be a problem. Um, as I said, though, he's still a prospect, but he's he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, it's not a successful season, Ohio State, if you lose to Michigan. And that was the way that Ohio State's season ultimately went, though. He certainly produced in that game at Michigan this year. Five catches for 118 yards. Was there a game on uh, in on tape in particular that you would recommend to the audience who's going to start looking at these guys that you enjoyed watching? Or is it all just, you know, highlight after highlight for Marvin Harrison? Uh, I mean, look, you know, just to be honest, the way I do this is particularly with receivers. So I can see every single route that they not every every single target, I should say, is so I watch all their targets, Buck. Yeah, that's kind of the way I do it. And then I pick up games as I go when I watch other players, uh, you know, on, on a particular team, you know, so, so the way I do it, if a guy has 160 targets, I'm watching 160 targets, you know, so I don't just pick four or five games. So I've seen in, in both in 2022 and in 2023, I've seen every one of his targets. So it's hard for me to answer your question specifically, 
but um, you know, I've seen, so I've seen if he's had 300 targets in the last two years, I've seen them all. Let's see something different for dinner, searching restaurants near me right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. and Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. You know, the, the, the easier answer is you could put on any game and watch Marvin Harrison well, yeah, yeah, know that he's yeah. going to make plays. Uh, I, However, uh, teams have them stacked, Greg, and, and not necessarily going in order of of how the, the league looks them uh, looks at them. But Roma Dunze at, uh, at Washington is going to be another high-level wide receiver prospect that's going to be a part of this draft class. There are several. We're going to cover four of them, the top four. Uh, today in some form or fashion uh, for him at Washington coming out of June uh, coming out as a junior 6'3 215 92 receptions yeah 1640 yards 13 touchdowns on the year what did you like about Roma Dunze's game yeah another guy I've seen all his targets from the last two seasons so now you're dealing uh, with another guy that's tall you know there's a lot of these receivers are big now another guy you know like Marvin Harrison who's in the 6'3 range um another guy with higher level traits he's got size he's got movement and he can catch the ball really well he's a very strong contested catch receiver he's got exceptional hands he he snatches the ball away from his frame he makes those contested catches both on the sideline and in the middle of the field Um, he can contort his body to adjust to back shoulder and poorly thrown balls um you know, another guy that can line up outside and inside, I would say he's more smooth and fluid than sudden, but he just l- makes everything look very, very easy, Buck. Um, I wouldn't call him a true vertical dimension in the sense that he has great long speed, but his size and his stride length and his uncanny ability to track deeper balls um, allow him to be a factor even if he's not created meaningful separation. Because as I said, one of the true strengths of his game is his contested catch ability. And that cannot be overstated. That's become a really meaningful part of NFL passing games, particularly with that boundary X. As I said, who gets the one-on-one, a lot of quarterbacks throw to the one-on-one. And there's a lot of good corners in the NFL. But if you can make contested catches, that has high value in the league. Make the quarterback right more often than not in those situations. Yep. Certainly that was the case for uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Levis here this year. That that Washington offense was so much fun to watch, Greg, and we'll talk about Penix at a later date. Yeah, I, I will say this, though. They do run a lot of NFL-style route concepts. This is not you know what you think of as a college offense with a lot of quick throws and short throws. Obviously, they've got some of those. Everybody does, but they attack at the intermediate and vertical level. So you saw Dunze run a lot of intermediate and vertical-type routes. Which is the 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 question that, or I guess the direction that I was headed, because that's not always the case, right? We spent so much time talking about Tennessee's offense last year, right, for example, right. with 
Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. That that's not the case at Washington. I know Ryan Grubb is going to go on to coordinate the offense in Seattle. Uh, good to see prospects running NFL concepts and and the kind of stuff that you're going to see from NFL teams to get the best possible picture of them before they head to the league. Without question, it's a great point. Uh, so looking down the list, uh, like I said, however you would stack them, Malik Neighbors, the LSU wide receiver, LSU a couple of wide receivers coming out. Uh, this year six foot 200 is what they have him listed at on the official website for the Tigers 89 receptions just north of 1500 yards and 14 touchdowns on the year uh, Greg if if we start to get around the seventh overall pick and I know the Titans need offensive line help but I love the idea of Malik neighbors uh, in two-tone blue what did you like from the tape yeah I mean again you know a lot of people as you know Buck I'm not a list guy but people always ask me that he would be my number two if I had to make a list. Okay. I Again, another guy who I watched all his targets from both 2022 and 2023, and I, I really like Malik Neighbors. I mean, number one, he can play outside and in the slot. A ton of experience both, you know, in both areas. Um, I think he's got a complete receiver skill set. I mean, you know, you wouldn't say that he's purely explosive, and I think that um, he needs to – to be a little more refined in his route running at, at times I felt like he relied exclusively on his physical ability to, to, to feed press and run routes and um, you know, needs a little more refined and subtle technique to manipulate corners, but that can be taught. But I, I really like this kid. I mean, he, he's, he's really competitive. He's physical. There were times uh, with his run after catch presence and aggressiveness and physicality, I thought of Debo Samuel. Um, uh, you know, he worked all three levels of the defense. Um, he's He did show some body lean, some feints, you know, things that he needs to continue to get better at, but it was there in, in his body. Um, and I thought one of the things that's often overlooked, and, and I had a great conversation, a number of great conversations with the former Bengals and Ravens receiver, TJ Hushmanzada about this and and he brought this to my attention and as soon as he said it it was you know a light bulb went off in my head and neighbors what he can do is he has the ability to stop on a dime when you're a receiver and a corner for that matter you need the ability to stop very often guys who are burners and, and neighbors doesn't fall into the burner category but very often you know the four three guys those guys they struggle to stop they're very fast in a straight line and they can run away from people, but they struggle to stop. And Neighbors was a master at being able to stop. And, and that's a very overlooked trait for a route runner. Certainly, we we brought up Hopkins a couple of times here, but like that's just that's what I think of when I watch DeAndre, just his suddenness. And even at his advanced age, as he's getting up there, his ability to stop on a dime, basically, and make those kind of plays, let the corner yep. go by him or or, yep. or whatever he needs to do, however he's implementing, however he's implementing his skill set to create that additional separation that he might not otherwise have the the top end speed at this point in his career, or really at any point in his career to make. It's such a valuable thing um, to be able to uh, to be able to create that separation where the margin for error is so so thin at the pro level. Yeah, and and my and and my sense is when we get to the combine, if he chooses to run, he's going to run at some point. Neighbors is not going to be a four three five guy. Um, 
you know, in fact, he could be a four, four, eight guy, but he, you know, he's, he, he plays at a good speed. His play speed is very good. Um, and, you know, he just, he's, there's a physical presence to him that I really, really like. I mean, I, I think he can step in from day one, be a strong contributor, maybe even be your guy from day one, you know, but, um, but I really like him. Like I said, if I had to make a list, he would be my number two. That LSU offense had some studs on it this year, uh, so it's real easy to just look across the formation and talk about yep. Brian Thomas Jr., who's also going to be coming out of this draft class. Much bigger player at 6'4", 205, 68 catches, uh, 1,177 yards, 17 touchdowns on the season for the Tigers, and also a junior coming out. How would you kind of juxtapose those two players and their skill set? Yeah, I think Thomas is an ascending player. I mean, I think there's a lot to be cultivated and developed for this kid. Um, you know, he's long, he's smooth. He's got accelerating speed to run by and get on top of corners. There's no question. He's a vertical dimension, uh, in my view anyway. I mean, he seemed to consistently find that extra gear as the ball was in the air, um, very fluid mover, which kind of belied his size and length and, and guys like that, you don't usually call sudden or explosive, but there was a very easy gliding feel to the way in which he moved that had a deceptive feel to it a deceptive quickness to it um you know he may be a little bit of a work in progress as he makes the transition um you didn't see a lot of route diversity um i wouldn't say there's a true physical element to his game so there might be a you know he might begin as kind of a specialized type of receiver who needs to kind of develop as i said you know and, and cultivate um but he has home run ability with his size and his stride length that traits always in demand and I believe there can be much, much more to his game. You know, I think that a player that came to my mind was when I was watching him, but I think Thomas might be just a little juicier vertically, but that player was T. Higgins. Um, and, and you know, Thomas uh, Higgins might be just a little thicker, but I think Thomas might be a little more vertically explosive. Well, when you talk to wide receivers, coaches, Greg, at, at this point and, and, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, what where do the conversations typically end up around the position? How much more uh how much more specialized it's become, really? I mean, since the advent of seven on seven quarterbacks and right. wide receivers have become more and more specialized. So this well, is a new trend. It's become less so and more so. I mean, and I know that seems like a weird answer, but I think with the diversity and multiplicity of of formations in the NFL. The idea that, you know, one guy lines up here, one guy lines up here, one guy's in the slot. I think that's changed. Now, there's there's exceptions. There's certain guys that, hey, you look at and you go, that guy's a slot receiver. He can't really line up outside. But there's fewer and fewer of those guys, Buck. You know, there's so much more multiplicity of formations. Um, I think one of the things that always comes up when I talk, and I remember having a great conversation with the receivers coach last year at, at the JW Marriott in Indy. It was, you know, during last year's combine. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see, see us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. 
Guys, not everything is 4D chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Where everybody right. hangs out, that's Starbucks. You can't go buy it without right, 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 the right, NFL. right. right. Uh, but um, it was a guy I've known for years, and he's considered one of the better wide receivers coaches in the league. And he spent a lot of time, we talked about this, talking about the boundary X, the single receiver. Because you see so many teams now, when they're in 11 personnel, meaning three wide receivers on the field, that line up in what we call three-by-one sets, meaning there's a single receiver to the short side of the field and three receivers to the wide side of the field. That boundary X receiver that guy has become so critical in the NFL because he's going to get a lot of one-on-one or I should say a lot of man-to-man coverage, even in zone concepts. What's what, what teams do now defensively in zone is what we call boundary lock. So they'll take their boundary corner and he'll match up man-to-man, even though the rest of the coverage is zone. So, you know, that boundary X receiver is so critical because he has to be able to win versus man coverage. And if you don't have that guy, it's very, very hard to have a really good passing game. Life gets a lot harder at the NFL level. And certainly yeah. there's so much uh, there's so much talent all over the place with these wide receivers. Greg, I know you've watched, you said about 15 uh, I probably players. watched about 15, 18 receivers. I think I've done seven quarterbacks. I'm working on it you know, offensive tackles for obvious reasons, um, you know, so we'll get to all this, you know, it, uh, you know, when you watch offensive tackles, you got to watch full games. So it takes time. You can't just watch a few plays here and there. You got to watch games. Well, God knows, Greg, after five seasons of them, uh, since they let Jack Conklin go, I'm not tired of talking about offensive tackles around here. Just Well, yet. they're That's... probably, you know, it struck me, you know, just from watching their tape this year that they might need some. Look at you. You couldn't even get through that without smiling. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, before, so we'll do we'll do the top prospects at every position. Uh, and uh, with, with these podcasts over the course of the next couple of weeks and months as we get ready to the draft. But I will ask you, Greg, at the end, uh, since we're we're only talking about the top uh, top ones of the 15 guys that you that you've watched that you may have some additional thoughts on that the audience might be interested or a name to keep an eye on throughout the course of the process here at the wide receiver oh, position. Um I love Vlad McConkey from Georgia. Love okay. Him. Is it, like, I don't know if we don't have to get into, is he a first round pick? Is he not a first no, I don't round get pick? In, I, you know, I don't get into that. Right. But that's a discussion that started. What about his skill set stands out, Greg? Because he's a, he's a, I don't want to call him a curiosity. He's more than that. He's a very skilled player, but I I've started to pay more attention to him as I've started my draft prep. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that, um, you know, he's, we have we have uh, measurables for him because he I believe he was at the senior ball. So he's five eleven and a half, one eighty seven. So he's not a little guy. And like I said, I think that a lot of people will pigeonhole him as a slot receiver. And and maybe that's what he'll be in the league. You know, that that becomes team and scheme specific, Buck, as you know. You know, I mean, there's a lot of players who you think of, well, he can only do this, and then he goes to a team and and you know, he's more than that. Um, the more I evaluated McConkey and and I want people to understand what I'm about to say. The more I evaluated McConkie, the more I thought of Cooper Cup when he came out of Eastern Washington. Now, I know people are going to say, oh, my God, you're nuts. Cooper Cup won the Triple Crown, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about when he came out of Eastern Washington. Before he he was Cooper Cup. Before he was Cooper Cup. And 
and I liked him a lot coming out of Eastern Washington. And I remember being at the combine that year and he ran a four, six, two. And I remember people in the dome, because I'm fortunate enough to be in the dome, you know, kind of looking at each other going, oh boy, now he's going to be a fifth, sixth round pick. And I think he was a third round pick. Maybe I can't remember exactly. You know, and fourth, but I don't remember maybe, off the yeah. top of my head. And, he, and he's become Cooper Cup. Now, some of that could be a function of team and scheme. Obviously, he went to McVeigh's Rams, and McVeigh runs a beautifully orchestrated offense. You know, there's a lot of guys like that. Amon Ross St. Brown, he was a fourth round pick. Okay. Now, we think of Amon Ross St. Brown now as a great receiver, but he's not Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or Devontae Adams. He's in a great scheme, and he certainly has excellent traits, but, you know, he's not at that level when you just talk about pure physical talent you know and and ben johnson in in detroit again like mcveigh they run a really beautifully orchestrated scheme that that presents clean throws and gets and gets saint brown open and this is no knock on him but i think people have to understand that there's so much that goes into why guys become volume receivers who put up numbers and when i mentioned mcconkey in relation to cup I'm not suggesting that in three years, McConkie's going to win the triple crown. And I don't want people to think that's what I'm saying. I hope they understand there's a little more nuance and, and subtlety to what I'm saying. You know, I, I think they do for the most part, Greg, but it's important to emphasize because like, for example, you brought up Amon Ross St. Brown and, and we'll wrap up here shortly with it, but well, Titans, fan, it, Titans fans hold that name in their head because John Robinson traded up to draft as Fitzpatrick a couple of picks before Right. Ross St. Brown went to the Detroit Lions. So they've always kind of had that in the back of their head. Oh my God, we could have had Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. And there's and no again, guarantee that he would have been that here. Right. And, and, you know, you, you look at someone like McConkey, and, and again, without getting into, you know, every detail right now, you know, to me, there was just no wasted motion or steps in his route running. He has great short area quickness and burst. Um, he knows how to generate separation. You know, you watch him and you go, wow, this guy knows how to run right. You know, route running is a very odd thing in terms of you know when, when someone says oh he's a great route runner you have to sort of define what that means um but this guy is a great route runner because he knows how to set up corner you it, there's two things you really want to do as a route runner at the as you get to the top of your stem okay there's 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 really three things that that receivers have to do well if they're going to be really good they have to be able to win off the line of scrimmage they have to be able to separate at the top of the route stem and they have to be able to win at the catch point i mean you got to be able to do that or you're not going to be a good nfl receiver so if we focus on the, the route stem part of it you've got to get corners off their spot or you have to get them to turn their body because once they turn their body they can only go in one way they can't their body can't just physically the body doesn't work like that go in another direction you know so you have to be able to do that. And he, McConkie's really good at that. Somebody to keep an eye on as we all head to Indianapolis next week, where Greg and I will do this on person. We'll keep you updated with the day. We'll certainly be talking about offensive tackles uh, while we're in Indianapolis, among uh, several other prospects that we're keeping an eye on. Greg, it's always fun. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person, my brother. Uh, and we'll do it again next week. Yeah, I get excited about this stuff, Buck. You know, I hope people realize, you know, I'm a little passionate about this stuff. I love it. You know, it, it's different than the NFL season. It's a great change for me because NFL is a lot more scheme and tactics. Now it's more individual players. So it kind of rejuvenates me. Yeah, you'd never know that you were excited by your tone. It's good. It's good. We're excited <laughs> about it. Greg Cosell, appreciate your time, buddy. I'll talk to you in Indy. Thanks, Buck. Appreciate it.
The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company, and I don't know like how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that, remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.